Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to POTS podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and lovely people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brooke, your horizontal host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries, where we get to know someone in the POTS community and hear their story. I apologize if you are also hearing my woodpecker. We might get to hear his story too. But today we are speaking with Mary Catherine, who has kindly volunteered to share her story with us so that the rest of us might benefit. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for letting me join. I'm so excited. Well, we're excited to get to know you. So let's start with the basics about you. Tell us how old you are, where you are, and any other little basics we should know about you. I'm 20 years old. I've grown up in a small town in Mississippi called Christmas Springs, and I've graduated from here. I still live here. I'm graduating from junior college next month, so that's a big milestone for me with pots and everything. Congratulations, yeah. So how would your friends or your family describe your personality? Probably persevering, strong, courageous. I asked my friend actually last night what they thought my personality would be, and they said loud, and I was like, okay. (laughs) Probably a little energetic as well. Okay, great. If we forced you to brag about yourself for a minute, tell us some things that you're good at. Oh, geez. Giving other people advice, that's for sure. I guess working showcase, sitting in the chair, watching TV, especially crime documentaries. Ah, very nice. Did you have a life before POTS? And if so, like how many years did you have? I got diagnosed in 2016, so I was probably 16 years old at the time. I've dealt with a lot of health problems. I've had eight ear surgeries, four knee surgeries, so I've been in the medical field of everything. I did actually have a life before POTS. You know, I was very social, outgoing. My cab stayed at another person's house, so I would drive there every day. And when I got POTS, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I was pretty much on the roads all the time. So at what age did you start having your first pot symptoms and what were they? I was 16 at the time. I got pneumonia and I came home four days later from the hospital and my mom was talking to a primary doctor at our clinic and he thought I may have had pots. I was very dizzy, lightheaded. I felt weak. Every time I stood up, I was dizzy and I thought I was going to pass out and my heart felt like it was racing. And he said, actually... I just came back from a conference that talked about POTS. I think she may have POTS. So like the next few days, I went over there and he put a heart monitor on me. And sure enough, he referred me to a cardiologist in Jackson. Wow. So it happened pretty fast, it sounds like. It was. Like me and my mom's head was in a tailspin the whole time. We didn't know which way was up, down. We were just so confused about everything. If you don't mind my asking, you had mentioned lots of knee surgeries and things in the past. Do you have joint hypermobility? Do you think you already had something related going on? I don't think it was related to POTS. 
my knee doctor said that I grew too fast, which I'm like 5'11". And he said that my ligaments just couldn't catch up. So my kneecap started dislocating. Okay. So once you knew that you had POTS, did that make you able to do very much about it? I took my medicines. I was drinking four liters of water with Propel in it and getting four bags of fluids a week. I mean, I was pushing fluids and salt tablets. I was doing the routine of everything and it just didn't seem like it was working. And so for about five months, I just hit a wall and I couldn't do anything that I wanted to do. Ooh, that sounds bad. I feel guilty making you go there, but what does that mean to you? Like hit a wall? A very independent person, especially with my cattle, like it it has to be my way with things. I'm very particular about some things. And with family helping me or friends helping me, it drove me nuts not being able to do it because that's like my passion. I couldn't stand it. Did you say your cattle? Yes, ma'am. Okay. When you said before that your cattle was someplace else, I thought you, you said your cat. But we're talking cows. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Okay, tell us about this. I actually didn't grow up raising cattle. I raised red deer, goats, and then we got into cattle. And I started showing cattle about 2016, 2017. So I was kind of like in the pots era of all this beginning. I aged out from 4-H in 2020. So I'm just raising cattle on my place and breaking show calves. Oh my gosh, that sounds so neat. And I I hate to be so ignorant, but as somebody who has never been in that world, when you say you're showing cattle, what does that mean? Like you give them bass, you blow drum, you halter break them to where like they're able to lead. And like the biggest thing was for me that the bond you had with that animal and like the memories I had in the barns and my best friends came from the barns. So it's taken a huge role in my life. And I want to share that with other kids because I didn't know anything about show calves. So I want to teach others about that while teaching others about pots and mental health. Wow, that's great. So how many animals do you have? I don't have a lot of land, so I'm running about eight cows right now. Okay. And what all is involved with raising a calf? If you want to get like really particular with it, you can AI them, you can pull embryos, and you can raise them just for stockyards, or you can raise them as registered cattle. There's just so many different outlets you can do with them. Wow, that sounds really involved and really neat. But it also sounds very physical. Are you challenged by that nowadays with their pots? Very challenged with it, especially in the summer. Oh my goodness. I have to have family out there helping me with a lot of things. And I recently just had a pig line, so I, I couldn't lift over 10 pounds while I was lifting bags of feed, hay rings. I mean, the whole nine yards. I had to have people lift that for me, and that drove me nuts. Yeah. And so I imagine that you're basically talking about like kind of doing a lot of carrying of heavy things. And I'm guessing it gets pretty hot out there in the summer. And so are you still able to do it? Are you managing? I'm doing a little bit better. I've actually had my pick line pulled about a month ago. So I think I'm doing better. Oh, that's such, that's such an interesting, neat thing that you do. Okay. So back to when you were 16 and you found out you had POTS and you tried some medicines and did you try other things too? Did you try, I don't know, lifestyle, diet, exercise, anything like that? And how much of a difference did anything make? 
Well, I gained a lot of water weight the first few months and my weight became a huge problem for me mentally. I did not like the way I looked. I was honestly embarrassed. I started eating a lot healthier, counting my calories and started doing like little hit workouts and walking pretty much every day. Gradually, I lost 80 pounds and somehow my pots went into remission. Oh, wow. And then my pot came back last April from COVID. Oh, that's cruel. I'm sorry. So you were living the pots free life. Everything was good. Did you get a severe case of COVID or a mild case of COVID? I didn't even know I had it. My cardiologist was like, have you had COVID or have you had mono? I kept telling him no. And I thought he was crazy for asking me that. But he did the antibodies and all that. And I had it. Oh, and is the POTS back just as bad as before? Is it the same? Is it different? I think it's different. I know the fatigue is definitely worse. Like I can function if I have my medications, but if I don't, then I'm worthless to the world, honestly. The headaches and the dizziness is worse. Wow. So you are in a really unique position of kind of getting this twice. Okay, so how has this changed your social life, for example, both times? At the cattle shows, I would work myself a lot. I would push past the limit. I didn't know my limits. So that's where I'm really social at. So after a show, I'm in the bed three to four days. And I'm like, why did I do this? You know better. But other than that, my social life has been pretty much the same because I'm not overexerting myself. Okay, great. What about school? Did that change very much for POTS? Oh, yes, ma'am. Definitely this spring semester, it's been really hard to just try and keep pushing on with my classes. Um, I'm actually doing online classes right now because I'm doing IOP therapy. So it's hard to balance so many things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. What kind of therapy did you say you're doing? Intensive outpatient therapy. Okay. What's that? Is that for POTS? No, ma'am. It's for depression and anxiety. Okay. Is that anything you'd want to share about? Is it effective? Does it help? Well, I actually have a blog about like my POTS journey and how I wanted to raise POTS awareness for my community. Last night, actually, a lady reached out to me and asked how my mental well-being is with POTS. And I explained everything to her, you know, I was suicidal and it was a very dark time for me. I couldn't figure out why I was given the cards I was dealt because I went from pots free to almost in the bed every day. And it was very hard, but I kept doing my individual therapy and then I decided I needed more intensive therapy. And what I'm doing now is helping me so much. I, I've pretty much came to terms like I have pots, I need to get over my pity party and I need to keep on living. Wow, good for you. That's great. If somebody else was interested in doing a similar kind of therapy, what is it called again? Intensive outpatient therapy, IOP. Okay. Where are you at now in terms of how functional are you? I know you just graduated. So what are you hoping to kind of do next now that you're done with school? And what feels sort of realistic with your POTS? Well, my next goal is to get into PTA school. And if I don't, that's okay. I, I still have a plan B. I just need to stay realistic in my mindset with POTS. Like, I have this. It's a disorder. 
And I need to keep talking to people, helping people out while also coping with the disorder I have. Yeah. Do you think that chronic illness has changed you very much as a person? I think it has. For a while, I thought it was for the negative, but the past few weeks, I've seen that it changed me for the positive side, where I'm very much stronger in my faith, I'm stronger as a person, and it's allowed me to help others as well. That's a really big thing. I help others with POTS, or I try to. Oh, that's so nice. Do you do that through your blog mostly? Yes, ma'am. Do you want to tell us about it? It's called Not Your Average Heart to Heart. I created it in November. I don't have many posts because I took a little break for mental health. I actually just posted last night about my depression, my journey with that, how my POTS has affected my depression, and letting people know like there is mental health problems within our community. There's also chronic illness problems within our community, and we need to help them as much as we can. Yeah. Would you want to share how POTS has affected your mental health, like with the POTS part specifically? Like I said earlier, like I was on the roads and I was very independent. I was always going. So when the second bout of POTS came, like it just knocked me down. It was probably the darkest time in my life. I relied a lot on my parents, a lot on family and friends to help me mentally and physically. But now looking back at it, I'm glad I went through that. I never thought I would say that. But I'm seeing the better things about what I went through and how I can relate better to others as well. Oh, so what do you mean by that, that you can relate better to others for having gone through this? Like people can say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I hate that's happening to you. But with a potsy, you can say that, but you don't really know what that person is going through on a day-to-day basis unless you have it. That's depression and anxiety. You don't know what that person's living through until you're in it. So now that I've experienced all three of those things, I mean, I feel like it's my calling to help as many people as I can. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, I have a question for you. What do you think is worse, depression or anxiety? Depression. Mm -hmm. Can I ask why? I tend to overthink things and worry about a lot of things that may not even happen. And then I get in my head, my mind just starts racing and racing and racing. So I think my depression is definitely worse than my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my head does that too. And for some reason, it always decides to start at about 8 p.m., right? Like, because I'm trying to get wound down, get sleepy, get tired. Yes. And what I found that helped me was meditation. And I was not on board with meditation. And so I started doing it at night. It used to take me two, three hours to fall asleep. Now I'm out in 15 minutes. It's the craziest thing. Oh, can you talk more about that? Like, what kind of meditation do you do? What What does it look like specifically? I got an app. My therapist recommended it. It's called Insight Timer. And there's so many different meditations you can do on there, like sleep, anxiety, just regular ones, I guess. But I don't know. The ones I have done have just set me out for the night. Oh, that's great. Have you found any other things that really help you with any aspect of your health? Um, Journaling. I, I have like three journals and I do it every night. I have my Bible study I do every night and I try to read. That's what really makes me tired at night. That's great. And so do you feel like your sleep at this point is reasonably okay? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> I do not sleep well. 
there's times I do sleep well, but they're adjusting my sleep medications, so it's not that good. Okay. So is there anything else that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner? Always go with your gut. If you feel like your doctor's not doing enough for you, go see somebody else. Actually, my nurse practitioner locally down here, she has been my lifesaver down here. She didn't know anything about POTS. And she sat with me and she listened to what my symptoms are. And she started researching as I was sitting in there with her. And she was like, okay, try this. We would go through different medications, different lifestyle changes. And if one didn't work, we move on to the other one. But back to my point. So if you don't think your doctor is doing enough for you and doing you justice, whether it be mentally, physically, if you think you need to go see an immunologist, go see them. Go see an allergist. Go see any type of doctor you think you may need to see if your doctor has not referred you to one. And if he refers you to a doctor that you've heard is bad, tell him what you think and maybe he will refer you to somebody else or make that appointment if you can with a different doctor. That's the biggest thing that I've experienced with this second bout of POTS. Yeah, that's wise words. I wish I had done that much earlier as well. Okay, so what helps you cope with this? What keeps you going? I have a blue healer named Harley. I got her in 2020, so she'll be two next month. She has really helped me cope with a lot of things. She's like my little emotional support baby. Wait, is a blue healer a cow? No, it's a dog. No, ma'am. A dog. Okay, just checking. <laughs> it's a cattle dog, though. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, she knows when I'm feeling bad. She'll just lay right beside me, but she's also crazy, like off her rockers. She has so much energy. She'll do zoomies around the house. It's crazy. And journaling. I think journaling has helped me, you know, cope with what I have and like writing down what I experienced throughout the day, what moods I felt, why I felt them, and like doing my self-care checklist. That's really helped me cope with a lot of it. So if you imagine your past self when you were not doing very well, and if your current self, who's doing so much better, could speak to that old self, what do you think would be helpful for that person to hear? To keep going, keep pressing on, and don't lay in the bed if you don't have to. You need to get up and do just one thing, a load of laundry, taking the garbage out, getting all the drinks out of your room. Just do one thing to say you have accomplished one more thing that you didn't do yesterday. And to always keep a positive attitude about everything. Yeah, I really like that that idea of doing just one good thing. Because it's amazing how that leads to the next good thing. And then as time passes, those all just keep adding up. Yes, ma'am. It's like really good advice. Okay, are you up for a speed round? I am. What is your favorite way to get salt? Pouring half the salt shaker on my like fries or anything. What is the drink that you find the most hydrating? Liquid IV. It's like liquid gold. I love it. <laughs> what is your favorite time of the day and why? Definitely not mornings. I would say evenings because I'm going to bed finally. Mm -hmm. Where is your favorite place to spend time? Outside at my pastures. Oh, that sounds so nice. How many doctors have you seen for POTS? Maybe four or five. How many other POTS patients have you ever met in person, face-to-face? -face? I've met two. 
What is one word that describes what it's like living with a chronic illness? Exhaustion. Mm. What is some good advice that anyone ever gave you about anything at all? To keep praying, keep staying positive, you know. It could be a lot worse than the cards you've been dealt with. And just always say, it could be worse. It could be worse. And that's really what helped me. You know what? You just made me think of something funny. The thing that taught me that was when I was feeling so bad with my pots. And then I got a raging case of poison ivy. And I was like, oh, yep. Somebody needed to show me that it could get worse. I wasn't appreciating that enough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is something small that brings you comfort or joy? My dog. Who is somebody that you admire? Probably my Australian brother, Dom. Do you want to share what you admire him for? He has always been disappointed with a lot of things that have been thrown at him, but he's always kept his chin up. He's always kept going and always saw the other side of things. And I've always admired him for that. That's great. What is something that you're proud of? My battle scars. What is the toughest thing about POTS? People not believing you when you tell them you have POTS. Mm. What is an activity that you can enjoy even when you're feeling really POTSy? Um, watching a crime documentary. Ooh, good one. What gives you energy, if anything? My medication. or I love loaded teas, but I cannot drink them anymore. They used to give me a lot of energy. Or Red Bull, which I know is a big no-no, but... What is a gift that you would have sent to every POTS patient on Earth if you had infinite funds? Like 10 packs of liquid IV, 10 packs of salt tablets, one of the best doctors in the world. I mean, there's just so many things I could give other POTS patients I, I can't even think of. What is something that you are grateful for? My support system. What is the best kind of support that people can give you these days? Just try to be there for me and show me that not everything is negative. Because when I get in a POTS episode, I tend to focus on the negative things. How do you get out of that cycle when you start falling into it? I have to really, really push myself into saying positive things and thinking positive things and almost tricking my mind into thinking like, okay, I'm feeling better today. I need to do this. I need to go run this errand. It's just like a mind game with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you could please finish these sentences. I love it when... I have a cold liquid IV in my fridge. I hate it when... It feels like there's 25 pound weights on my legs. I'm feeling so bad. People might suspect I'm a potsy when... I have a pick line or an IV. And last speed question. Have you ever had to sit or lie down in a weird place because of pots? And if so, where was it? Oh, totally. One of the biggest times was at Hobby Lobby with my mom. We were looking at fabric. She said my face turned white as sheets. I, I, I don't know what was going on. I was almost blacking out and I had to sit down in the one of the workers chairs for probably about 20 minutes and let me like regain all my consciousness and everything, let everything die down. I think some of us have heard about pick lines, but we don't really have experience with them. Do you mind telling us what that is and why you got it and how it worked for you? Of course. Well, I've had two 
pick lines with the first bout of pots and the second bout. My veins are terrible in my arms. The infusion nurses, God bless them, they would lay on the floor to try and get a vein because my veins were so bad. I have this one vein called Louise. <laughs> we eventually just resorted to a pick line the first time and the second time because there was about all my veins were shot in my arms and hands. And so a pick line is where they kind of insert something right into one of your veins and leave it there? Yes, ma'am. It's like a long tube on the inside of your arm. It can be on your neck as well, but it's in a pretty big artery. And the reason you can't lift stuff is that little tube can break off and travel, I think, in your arteries. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. I just knew I could not lift. The fluids ran a lot faster doing that. So every time you would get a saline infusion, they would just kind of take your pick line, hook it up, and you wouldn't have to get a new needle inserted or anything like that? Yes, ma'am. I got my dressings changed every week, and I also had the fluids at home. So I had my ivy pole, which I call the tree of life, <laughs> and I had everything that I needed to start the saline infusions. But you're not doing that any longer because you don't need as much saline, or what's happening now? Actually, I started third spacing fluids. I would, my body wouldn't absorb the bag of fluids I would get. So it would go to my hands, my feet, everywhere. And I eventually just told him, like, I got to get this out. It's, I'm not using it anymore. So we just pulled it. Okay. So since we have a little bit of time left, can I ask you a little bit more about raising cattle? Yes. Tell us, like, what you do in a day or what you do at a show. Tell us a little bit about your calves. Well, on a show day, it really depends on like when you breed a cow show. If you're the first breed and that show starts at eight in the morning, you got to be up at three or four o'clock that morning, washing, drying, make sure they're getting their feed on time and feeding them at the right time so they don't excrete everything out. <laughs> I don't say that or not. But it's like a time thing. You have to perfect it, really. When it's showtime, it's crazy and hectic. Everybody's running around trying to get a show halter, trying to spray like oil in their hair, trying to make their hair pop. And eventually you're running to the ring because you're almost late. Or I was, so that was almost late. Wait a second. Are you trying to make your hair pop or the, or the calf's hair? Well, the calf's hair. I'm sorry. I should have said that. <laughs> So what, what are the judges looking for? Well, you have two different things. You have showmanship and then you have like the actual class. Showmanship, they're judging you. They're judging your appearance, how well like you're connected with your animal, how hard you've worked your animal. If you're like a hard showman, like if you know what you're doing. But the classes, they're judging the calf, like how well it's fed out, the outward appearance, which means like hair, if it's fitted right. The clip job, how it walks, you know, all the individual lines of a calf that you want in a good show calf. Fun. Okay. And what about a day that's not a show day? What do you do with your cattle? Well, I have two separate pens. I have most of mine beside my house, and then I have a pasture behind my house. So I would feed them every night. Make sure they got their water. I'm actually waiting on one of my cows to calves, so have her baby. She's due any day now. Checking on her and feeding the other cows in the other pen, making sure they have hay and water. So it's just like a routine thing. 
And did you develop a pretty close bond with them? Pretty much my whole herd is my old show calf. So I actually have one, my very first show calf. She hated everybody. She would try to kick at them, get them, but she loved me. She wouldn't do anything to me. So I formed a pretty special bond with all of mine. That's so neat. I'm glad that you're still able to make it work to do that. That sounds like a really special activity. Okay, so I just have a couple more questions. What do you wish more people knew about POTS? That it's not all in our heads. I mean, it can be presented as anxiety, but it's not in our heads. Yeah, amen. Is there anything that you'd want to say to your fellow POTS patients who may be listening? I guess just keep on keeping on. I know I've been saying that the whole episode, but keep taking medications, doing your infusions, and don't get down on yourself because you can't do anything today. Tomorrow's a new day, and you may feel 10 times better. You never know. But if you stay in a negative mindset, you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Oh, those are such great words. I think we'll just end it right there. So, Mary Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights with us. We really appreciate it. I'm so glad I got to be on here. Well, we're so glad to get to know you. So thanks again. And hey, listeners, thank you for listening. Remember, you're not alone. And please join us again soon. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare team about what's right for you. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can send us feedback or make a tax-deductible donation at www.standinguptopots.org. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to our podcast and sharing it with your friends and family. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or at www.thepotscast.com. Thanks for listening.